What's going on, Misfits? We are back. This week, we're joined by comedian and actor, oh, and life coach. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he even gets in my ass about dating and relationships and my views on men. But, you know, I'm here to live and learn, just like I hope everybody else is. Dante Nero. Yes, Dante Nero. He is the host of the Beige Filler podcast. He gives life coaching to men. He teaches them how to get their balls back. He teaches women how to be a better bitch. You know what I'm saying? We all need more balls and more bitches in 2018 because this country needs strong people, preferably women who know how to run the world. Anyway, and I also give a shout out to all of the great new people who have discovered my podcast. Thanks to me appearing on Yamanika's Ranting Arabian and Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I appreciate you for listening and giving me a little time of your day to help you get through whatever you're going through. And, you know, all of that good schmoozy, bougie, bougie stuff. Also, if you don't know, this year is about making this podcast pop. I love doing it and I love the people that hit me about it. So I'm going to be releasing a Patreon page or Patron or Patreon or Patreon page. I don't know how to say it, but whatever that one, I'm going to be releasing exclusive content. So if you want to get the early news about that, join my mailing list in the description below and I'll be releasing when I will be populating that page with all exclusive goody, woody, woody, goody, goodies. And lastly, because we are in a giving mood, okay, in honor of Black History Month just ending, Dante Nero is giving a discount to us social misfits. If you want to get life coaching, go to DanteNero.com and use the code word social misfit for a discount on his life coaching relationship expertise. Who else is hooking you up? You're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Mystery with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. I am on location on a wonderful antique low back mauve colored couch. Yeah, why not? That belongs to the incomparable <laughs> Dante Nero. And he's so incomparable that across from where I'm sitting, I see a huge poster, picture, hand-drawn painting of Dante Nero. Yeah, why not? Which is damn near too big for the wall which is why it's not hung up it's resting on a box who painted that it was one of my fans from my podcast like i did i helped with some relationship stuff in holland and he was a painter and he did the painting for me so dante nero i know i kind of just started talking about your picture because it moved me it spoke to me um dante is a comedian of what Seven, 20 plus years 17 17, 17 round it up i'm yeah. 37 i round it up to 40 fair enough, fair enough. Just round that bitch up really um i know right um, i've been talking about it a lot lately on a podcast because it's starting to sink in that i'm 37 okay so um enough about me but dante's been doing comedy she look for, good girl thank you look good for 37 i've been doing comedy for 17 years um I'm just rattling off, rattling off the uh, okay. uh former male exotic dancer yes uh were you a pimp I ran an escort service. Of sorts. He was a pimp. Actor. Actor. Um, You have a steady job. I don't know if you want to say what it is. Yeah, it's fine. I work for the phone company. It's not any... I know big thing but i'm a i'm a union i'm a uh, union, union delegate uh-huh. for uh verizon dope communications and yeah. when you're not saving the people um and in the phone company phone company you save and realize on your podcast yes the beige beige philip man school hosted by dante nero is that the full name of it yeah you changed yeah. it yeah because it was beige philip was just a little bit obscure Got it. And you, the people who listen to it listen to it because they know the history of it. Okay. And so, man, I figured man school would be would something. Would help. Yeah, help for the marketing purposes. 
So. And so Dante has legions of fans, or what do you call them? Brothers? Uh, they're uh, square pimps and square, pimpettes. Square pimps? Square pimps and pimpettes, yeah. What's a square pimp? Square pimp is like a regular square, like a regular dude. But who's pimp who's trying to apply pimpology philosophies to their life? Yeah, basically. And the pimpettes, too. The females as well. Okay. Just, I'm just learning language here. I'm just yeah, I'm just to you know, it. it's all marketing. So it is no, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But you, but you really do help men yeah, get yeah. over. Yeah, you their, and I have talked extensively. Yes, I know, but I just want to you know make sure I'm yeah, giving you the proper okay. introduction. My I know because it's weird because I do interview people, some people that I don't know that well, and some people that I do know. So yeah, yeah. it seems repetitive. When you're like, "Bitch, why are you asking my favorite color? You already know, right? Right? My right. favorite color, right? Dante, yes. Would you please read us your social media posts? All right, so um, it was President's Day, mm-hmm. and after I saw, I, I uh, well, I actually saw, um, I was feeling real militant after uh, the, um, you know, Black Black Panther movie. How many times have you seen it already? I've only seen it once. Okay, okay. But it, it definitely moved me, mm-hmm. um, and and I was just thinking, but I've also been in a, you know, with all the Trump stuff and everything, I've yeah. been heavily in... Uh, just reading i've just been reading a lot of heritage and stuff and and how how diff how how not different it is now what's going on now with black it's folks it's a continuation of the same ideology that has founded this country yeah, absolutely and absolutely. people think people think that we were in the clear when we had obama and we well, were not it was we're, just suppressed well you know one of the things that i argue about whenever people say that is uh madam cj walker is uh first black female millionaire mm-hmm. in 1911 and so just because she achieved a level of success in 1911 means not, does that mean that there was no racism clearly there was um they've always pakistan has actually had a female uh prime minister mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that there's no sexism in pakistan yeah. in fact you get hit with a rock real easy in pakistan <laughs> so um, just because there are black people that achieve certain level of uh, of aff- affluency mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the racism doesn't exist, especially when the con- when the country has never even acknowledged the the devastation that's been done to black people in the first place. Absolutely. So, um, I would I went back into into the archives and I started looking at different presidents. Um, and I just, um, and I got their racist quotes. Mm. Was uh, it hard? Did, what did you Google? What did you I type in? I used presidential racist quotes. <laughs> 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 Bam! And they came up. Um, there was a, a whole list. Because it's really not easy. Because like you said, everybody thinks that the whole race thing is such a, it's so far removed. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you, and what's interesting is the, 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 uh, the comments that I got is, oh, can't you just leave that stuff alone? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting mm-hmm. because I, I have a bunch of them throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, this one is uh, Calvin Coolidge. Uh, and what he says is, the Lord made white men from dust and a nigger from mud. And then through what was left to come down, that came down to make a China man. This is President Truman. I'm sorry. Truman. Truman. Yes. That's Truman. That's uh, like the forties. That's like the thirties or forties. Yeah, it ain't, it's a hop skip. Oh, can we go further. Um, it, it's I, I come on up. You know, I mean, we we, we um. Then I did another one. Uh, I believe this is Woodrow Wilson. 
uh, goes, uh, the white men were roused by mere instinct and self-preservation until at last that had sprung into existence the great Ku Klux Klan, a veritable empire of the South to protect the Southern country. That was, yeah, that was, uh, that was um, Woodrow Wilson. Um, and that's probably, that's not that far ago either. Yeah. It, um, I'm not sure that when they, I should have put that down, the uh, when they were presidents. Um, let me see. I got another one. Got a bunch of them. Oh, here's Nixon. So this is not that yeah, far at all. Not right? at all. Our parent, my parents, your life, not your life, so my parents. Right, right. Um, uh, the Mexicans are a different cup of tea. They have a heritage at present time. They steal. They're dishonest. But they do have some concept of family life. They don't live like a bunch of dogs which with which the Negroes do live like. Right. That's Nixon. So so if you're the president of the United States and you're saying that the black people live like dogs, what does it say about the, pre- the country that you were president of? Yeah, well, that, it's awful. It's, it's all awful. Um, because he's disassociated himself from the black community, saying like, "Yeah, like it's it's this is United this States is, of America, but the niggas do a whole bunch." They yeah, they got a shit. separate country. We're we're like an annex. So uh, <laughs> you remember annex? We had the public mm-hmm. school, and it was the one in the trailer, trailer with the dumb kids. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That they couldn't live. They couldn't let in gin pop. <laughs> they was gonna fuck somebody up. Here's uh Linda B. Johnson. Um, his was uh. Uh, when I appoint a nigger to the court, I want everybody to know he's a nigger. Wow. Yeah. Um, I had to do two of two from him. Um, and this is interesting for any, any white listeners that you have. Yes. It goes, if you can convince the lowest white man, he's better than the best colored man. He won't notice you're picking his pocket. He'll give him, he'll give it'll give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you now that quote is the one that's been used repeatedly by progressive and oh, leftists to, to try and open the eyes of the alt-right and be like idiots right they don't give a fuck about you they either. don't give a fuck about you but at they all don't, it's about money they can't even open their minds right it's a it's a it's this constant constant uh pitting us against poor black folks against poor white folks and somehow brown people are the so so you know well we'll get into that i got a couple more tweets <laughs> uh this is uh jefferson so this should be interesting um okay the blacks are inferior to the whites in the endowments, both body and mind. Oh, that's a whole. That's a yeah. bold. That's yeah. a bold. Face yeah, as if he was a as if he was a scientist and he understood this. Um, this is uh, I believe this is Eisenhower. Um, Southerners are not bad people. All they're concerned about is to see their sweet little girl. Um, that they're not required to sit in a school alongside some big overgrown Negroes while discussing the desegregation of schools. That was uh. So what's what was the response to the comments? Well, one more for you. Okay. Then we'll go into it. Um, <laughs> this is Lincoln, the Emancipator. Yes. Right, the freer of slaves, mm-hmm. the champion of black people. 
He goes, I will say then that I am not nor have ever been in favor of bridging about in any way the social and political equality of white and black races, that I am not nor ever have been in favor of making voters or jurors of Negroes, nor of qualifying them to hold office, nor to intermarry with white people. And I will say in addition to this, that there is a physical difference between the white and black races, which I believe will forever forbid the two races living uh, together on terms of social and political equality. In as much as they cannot live while they do remain together, there must be a position of superior and inferior. I, as much as any other man, am in favor of having the superior position assigned to the white race. Mm. That's your emancipator. So a lot of a lot of a lot of guys would comment, white dudes would comment, oh, why can't you just leave this alone? Oh, you can't. You can't, you know, it's the context of time. In the context of time, somehow it's okay. And and my response is always, um, well, should we put Hitler in the context of time? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a different time, different yeah. place. I mean, so maybe the Holocaust is that, I mean, if we need to put it all let's in perspective. Let's dilute that. Yeah, let's, because it's it was a different it, time. The hate should depreciate over time. Right, not only that, but what's interesting is, you know, when you talk about the forefathers of this country, that they were never able to rise above the status quo of racist ideas, mm-hmm. even though these they were supposed to be the geniuses that they are. And and the fact that this is, I mean, we, and just, you know, I think I did five or six, but that spans all the way from the, ni- from the 1860s all the way to the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Years, um, yeah. And presently we have, you know, the idiot in charge who is still doing those same things. Yeah. And so what's interesting is it's always, can't we just get over this? Can't we, can't we get over this? Can't we do this? Which is, which is really interesting to me because um, when is, I don't think, I really don't think that black people are upset about slavery per se i mean Mm -hmm. i don't think that's something that you think about i don't think about it what we what we're upset about is the fact that this the same behavior is perpetuated to this day we're still dealing with this same perpetuation of jim crow the rockefeller drug laws Mm -hmm. police brutality some all lives matter instead of black loans all that stuff banking loans fha education homestead yeah uh you know on and on and on um the discrimination of you know of uh residents by mm-hmm. um you know mortgages and loans i mean even with the va loans i don't know if you knew that there was a discrimination oh yeah 80 86 uh were um were white yeah what they didn't even so even if you went to the army and you signed up for the army and you went for the the uh the va loans they it wasn't available to you they found a way to disclude you Mm -hmm. from that so this is a perpetuation of the same thing over and over and over again and and it just and what's interesting is how readily readily um 
people are able to just push it to the side when, you know, I mean, we all, I mean, everybody always have thought that Lincoln was the emancipator, mm-hmm. right? We always, Lincoln was a businessman. Sure. He was trying to people, I mean, I don't want to say people don't realize this, maybe more uh, understanding of it no, now, they don't. but <laughs> he was trying to keep the country unified because the Southern states made more money than Northern right, states. Because of slavery. Yeah. Because slavery, they were the power block. So they were like, we need to keep them here right. and neutralize them. And if they ultimately, kept earning money then they yeah then they would they would be able to succeed and a lot of people don't know that the southerners actually um went to england and france to get them to fight with them Mm -hmm. to help them succeed from the union army so this the the whole idea of the the emancipation of slavery had nothing to do with the ethical aspect of slavery it had directly to do with the the keeping the union together in terms of it being a business and if the if because of free labor the south was becoming more and more rich mm-hmm. and so what ultimately happened was as he kept the union together what ultimately should have happened was all of those people that tried to succeed all the generals they should have been hung mm-hmm. because it's treasonous behavior yeah not just sitting down when and not clapping but the, reason, but the only reason why is not if they weren't tried or hung is because the pr push back then was slavery right so if he had hung those people because they were in favor of slavery he would have lost the the favor of the southerners anyway well he didn't have the favor of them that's the thing he didn't have the i know favor. that would have further cemented it it's like you it didn't really lost, matter lost the war and you killed our heroes yeah but it, it really didn't matter they had beaten him so bad they were so beaten that they would have he could he had an opportunity to set up the the uh, a system of a fair exchange mm-hmm. when it happened and they would have just been mad about it but they would have gotten over it because of the, the system would have been in place mm-hmm. i mean they still have it i mean we're still arguing about confederate flags i mean this yeah. is a this is a discussion so him you know and what he ultimately did was he put them in allowed them placed them in positions of power in congress mm-hmm. and senate and they basically stripped the 13th amendment yeah and stripped it until people so you have what they call vagrancy laws where um where uh, if you didn't have a contract with a particular, if you were sla- an ex-slave, a freed slave, and you didn't have a contract with a particular plantation, what they would do would uh, they would lock you up for vagrancy, mm-hmm. and then you would be on the chain gangs, and then the government would would commission out your work yeah, through the chain gangs, which they still do now. Yeah, which is a great documentary by Ava DuVernay is about how the political system has has overpowered the judicial and prison system and it's still free labor. It's still free labor. I mean, just like a couple of years ago, I remember Whole Foods was like, oh shit, we didn't know that our tilapia was being farmed by inmates. Wow. Like, yeah, and you selling it for how much money? And yeah. you have inmates working? Just now, now, now the latest thing, which is like so reminiscent of slavery, is that uh different uh prison systems are banning used books so if you were to send used books to an inmate they can't accept them mm. inmates now have to buy books from like a website or mm. like a, a, a third party company that has a contract with the prison now wow so now you want prisoners who make what 20 Two cents. cents a day <laughs> yeah, yeah. to save up weeks worth of pay for a book for a book and it could be a gd book Right. So now you're at the point where you don't even want them educating themselves. Of course not, because educating them frees them. You know, um, it's an it's an interesting kind. Of, I just saw. You know, I, I don't want to spoil the whole Black Panther thing for you, but 
the Black Panther thing was Black Panther movie was so uplifting because mm-hmm. it gave so many perspectives on like the black experience. Yeah. And and I just kept thinking to myself, how uh why does this superhero movie affect me in such an emotional way? Mm-hmm. And and I just kept thinking about it. I mean, like, on a conscious level, I know that this is a superhero. It's just a superhero. So, I mean, it's just a movie. But it's not just a movie. When when the propaganda around you is constantly, the propaganda of racism is constantly mm-hmm. on your foot. That foot is on the back of your neck. And the minute you get something that's uplifting, it you feel refreshed. Your, heads are, your head is above the clouds. Yeah, yeah. And for something very small, mm-hmm. very small. Because, and very- because I, I haven't seen it, but I feel like it's the same way you feel when you see any movie that speaks to you because it shows you an alternate reality. Sure, sure. And it shows you the, in, the endless possibilities that you could have been afforded if it weren't for X, Y, and Z being in your way. Right, right. And it's it's... It's just you look at things so differently because of it. Um, and and the movie was brilliant because it gave every every perspective mm-hmm. that you can, you know, it was the Martin Luther King, the Malcolm X thing. It was somewhere in between mm-hmm. that. It was the Booker T. Washington. It was it was all of those people, all of those perspectives were in it. And, and it and it's so uplifting because I would I absolutely agree that everything is not racist. Yeah. I'm not Paul Mooney. So <laughs> but there's a there is a thing where what I don't think that white people understand is that it's not all racist, but it could be. Yes. And that step black people have to take to say, is this racist, mm-hmm. which is exhausting in every situation, yes. every day. Because you're it's, constantly second guessing yourself. You're constantly looking sure. at somebody else. And like, did you see? Is it me? Is it me? Did you? What it, and people it? don't understand that that does something psychologically sure. to you because sure. it makes you second guess every single interaction. Sure. It makes you feel that people are disingenuous. Sure. And it makes you question your value because right. you're like, well, what is it about me? That is so suspicious. What yeah. is it about me that I don't deserve to be in this space? Sure, sure. I had a, there's a guy, one of my best friends, white guy, worked with me in the phone company for 20 years. We rode in a truck together mm-hmm. for 20 years. Um, helped him with his life and raised his kids. I watched his kids grow up. And just recently, um, my boss is racist and i went my mother passed and i was out of work for a period of time mm-hmm. when i went back there i have a counterpart a business agent who's my counterpart who's a young italian kid who kind of took the reins while i was mm-hmm. out and so my boss who's italian also got comfortable talking to the the young italian kids so and when i came back in and i was like hey how you doing it was just really this thing where he would avoid talking to me mm-hmm every chance that he got if even when i spoke to him he barely spoke back and and i mean we've literally went through um debates about whether people's jobs and their livelihoods should this be is t- your partner of 20 years no no oh, this was boss. my boss uh-huh. and i and i'm i'm we're, we're walking by and i see my boss sitting on the side in the, in the garage and i go and i go he's such a racist he just he does everything to avoid talking to me and my partner for 20 years says to me um he says did you ever think that maybe he just prefers talking to white guys than black guys and i was like i was like what the fuck did you just say and he goes well did you ever consider 
which is interesting because we consider it all yeah. all the time. I, I mean, that's why the, his his behavior had already been confirmed mm -hmm. that it was racist. And he was like, "Did you ever consider that he?" As if now, what's interesting is my my partner, my one of my best friends, who who um he doesn't even like the guy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like, the, but somehow the comfort of this man that he doesn't even like is more important than my personal existence. Mm -hmm. So what is my, if he doesn't prefer, he only prefers to t talk to white guys, so then what do I do? How mm -hmm. do I How do I accommodate? You can't be a supervisor if you only prefer to talk to white guys. Right, right. But what do I do? What do I, what do I just disappear? Mm -hmm. Do I give up my position because he's uncomfortable? And, and this is, and he, did, he said that and didn't even understand the dynamic and the sheer racism of the fact that him going well it's a privilege i wouldn't say that your your colleague of 20 years had the races he that that was a privilege statement which is based on race though it yes it is but see i think when he asked that question the way i would have taken it was okay yeah it's okay to have a preference in your mm. social life i understand i may i may prefer to have conversations with black women over white women just right. because of things that we have in common that's fine sure. but you also have to understand well what is the intent what is the origin of this preference? Sure. Because I've been here for 20 some odd years. So right. now all of a sudden you have a preference? And not only that, but I'm, I mean, we've had dealings. I've never been disrespectful. I've never been. I mean, I, I am a big guy yeah. who's, uh, who's, you know, is intimidating and people, I see how people could see that. But we're, we're talking about where we've, I, we've never had a situation where it's gotten, yeah. where that would even be a thought. And even if it was the thought initially, do I, I, proven myself to be intelligent and civilized and all of those things and and so um what did your partner say um well that's what he said he's like he said i know but prefer. like what did you say to him after he said i that? said that is probably the most <laughs> that's one of the most racist things and and again this is in context this is a guy who has worked with me for 20 years he's literally watched white women and on the upper east side jump out of an elevator because i got into it mm -hmm. he's watched people jump off the sidewalk mm -hmm. because they saw me well, got up close on me and didn't see me till the last minute and jumped off he's watched uh jimmy choose shoes you know jimmy mm -hmm. choose um i went in to fix their phone years ago and they wouldn't they was like oh you have to go through the service engine they took me next door in another building in a basement through the catacombs brought me up through the backyard and then locked me out in the backyard for 12 it was 12 degrees outside hmm. and i'm working on the phones and then i go to bang the door to come in and i'm a half hour freezing my balls off outside finally they let me in right and they're going to get ready to take me down the back staircase through the catacomb catacombs again and they tell me that they need to they need to search my bag my tool bag before i go back and i was like i'm not letting you search my tool bag i go if you touch my tool bag i'm gonna knock you out so call a cop do whatever you got to do but you're not going through my bag mm -hmm. you've locked me outside for 40 half hour to 45 minutes and now i've had no contact not in the store yeah and now you want to search my bag well it's because it's policy i was like i'm not doing that and then the next day we got sent back there my white partner walked right through the front door through the store and you were with him yeah and well no i was he walked i was in the truck and i was like i'm not going in there oh and he was like okay i said but they're gonna send you down the catacombs and he walked in and walked right through the store right on madison avenue wow 
And so he's seen these things happen to me. If anybody understands what my plight is, he does. 20 years he's watched these so what, things. So what do you think shifted in him or how did y'all resolve that conversation? Um, I told him I told him that his complicitness in other people's racism would mean would mean to me if that is how he's going to act, then we don't we could not be friends. We can end this 20 year friendship now. I'll call. We can go back to the garage. I'll, you can work with somebody else. What did he say? He he's no, I you know he apologized and whatever. But in your mind, it was already. Oh, done. it's done because you've already now. Here's some something happened to that recently made me kind of change this and just change not change it, but kind of look at it a different perspective. So a young young girl that I used to date years ago, she's half black, half white. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, um, she's a, she's adopted. She was adopted by a white couple, right? And her father, I went to I actually went to college with her, and I went to SUNY New Pulse with her. With who? With the girl. Oh, okay, okay. You and said young girl. I'm thinking that she's like a hot young piece of ass, and you like well, in we, your forties well, or something like that. Well, you know, well that. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> and, so she, so she was. You, you went to school together, so you knew yeah, her for a while. Yeah, I knew her for a while. Okay, and we maintained a friendship. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know her father and mother, they were white, and they, and they, um, and she really, she really got her experience as a black person when she came to college. Of course, um, because she kind of knew that something was different, but she didn't know. She didn't know she was adopted um she did yes she didn't know but she didn't realize that there was a part of her that genetically definitely could pass but she knew she was black yeah but it didn't really culturally it didn't register right right um but she just recently we were talking and she just recently said that you know um lincoln was her her father's favorite um president (laughs) president. Uh and she actually has he's he's passed now but he, she has actually a shrine of Lincoln, which is really a shrine to her father. But it was because he mm-hmm. like, and he was always a he was a, an educator, and he um and he was a guy who read letters from Lincoln and letters from Lincoln and books and biographies and mm-hmm. stuff. So he was really into Lincoln. And she said, you know, my only my only um regret is that I won't be able to have this conversation about why. How do you reconcile this behavior mm-hmm. with who he is? And when I realized that it just and and it was really a problem for her, um, the fact that when I when she read the quote from yeah. Lincoln, and what I realized is that white people do not understand our plight, no matter how empathetic they may be, they will not understand the plight. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is almost absurd to think that race would be a consideration every second of every day yes. in every social situation. And so they don't have the empathy because it's, it just seems absurd that, that especially liberals mm-hmm. who don't necessarily always, you know, even though they might have their racism or their biases, they don't think like that at all. So they're in their bubble and they really think they really don't even consider that. So somehow, oh, this was a time. Yeah. You know, you get this was that was the way they thought in the time in that time. They want to they don't want to admit that people are still that ignorant. Right. Because it's like, oh, no. Well, what? it's like the same reason why some people who voted for him don't want to admit that they made a mistake. Right. Because it's like then right. you have to you have to question your intelligence. Right. I right. got duped. I don't want to admit that I got duped. Right. 
Right. I don't want to admit that I did the wrong thing. I don't want to admit that I have some hand in the Do downward you really spiral think of this country. That they that they regret it. There's some I think. I mean, I follow a I follow an account on Twitter called um um Trump regrets or something like that, and uh-huh. they retweet people who be like, "I voted for you, and you did this, and uh-huh. I'm so upset." So I think there are some people. Right. I mean, once it, when is it time to get your tax return and you don't get one? Right. Or once it's time for you to have an emergency, you got to go to the hospital and they realize that right. your copay is completely fucked up. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, once you start seeing the real effects of it. Sure, sure. Then you're just like, oh. Well, snap. you know, what's interesting, too, I think is really interesting is that um, the initially there was this thought of, well, they wanted to shake it up. They wanted something different. This was set up. They weren't getting jobs. They wanted jobs. But at this point. In after a year of this nonsense, mm-hmm. if you're still supporting Trump, you're racist. There's I there's oh, no I, other. I was tweeting that the whole time he was running for yeah. election. See, the, also the thing is that if you voted for him, you were definitely racist. Right. Well, yeah, you're for the most part racist. Right. Right. Or in fear of not being the majority. Right. And then that that's I think that's his bag. But then the GOP bag is something completely different, which is if you continue to vote for a Republican, you're voting against your own interests because the Republican Party does not give a fuck about no. any of us. No. Doesn't matter and all race the congressmen are millionaires. Good zil- like, and, and you have to think about yeah. like just logically, if you sat back and say, yeah. now, how the fuck is Ryan Paul worth nine million dollars? Yeah. What is he doing? Yeah. That he's worth nine. If Paul Ryan's worth nine million dollars. About that. Yeah. Wow. So you're just like if you. Uh, well, what's funny is the the thing that they locked up um, uh, Martha Stewart for mm-hmm. is the same thing that they're doing is inside. Of, they're actually creating policy that benefits their own pocket, and they're and as they know certain laws and stuff, they're investing in businesses and so on mm-hmm. and so forth based on the legal. Um, geography that they're setting up which is ins- that's the definition of insider yeah, training yeah i know jeff sessions and and friends they bought a whole bunch of shares in private prisons because no. they made all of these tougher drug law restrictions so they set it up and then they not set up the pins and they knock them down yeah what do you see happening um I don't see anything happening, honestly. Really? I really don't think anything. Look, you when uh, I just finished this book called White Rage, and when it goes back to how the Emancipation Proclamation and then Lincoln and uh, and Johnson put these put uh, Confederates in order in place to basically dismantle the Thirteenth Amendment, mm-hmm. and then you have the Reconstruction, and then you have uh, Jim Crow, mm-hmm. and so, and then after Jim Crow, you have you have the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. and then you have the pushback, and then the backlash from Nixon and the pushback is is those you know is your Ronald Reagan, your trickle down yeah. theory, and and so every time that there's a pushback, I mean, I definitely think that Trump is a is a response to eight years of a black president, mm-hmm. of course, a- and um and so when we're talking about from Lincoln. To, from Lincoln to to Woodrow Wilson, from Woodrow Wilson to to uh, the civil rights movement with the with the Kennedys and 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 LBJ and then Ronald Reagan, another twenty years of Ronald Reagan and then Nixon, well Nixon and then mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan and then from Ronald Reagan to the Bushes and then from Bushes to to Clinton. To, to, to Clinton and then Clinton back to Bush back to Bush again and so. Um, 
I don't and and to Trump. So every time there's this this movement, this it's push a shift. forward, it's an it's a reactionary. Then it's shift then back. there's the pushback. Now, um, I'm not somebody that wouldn't advocate that it's much better now than it was then. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't think we have the social you know social media shows us that it's not, but that's just really not true. Sixty sixty. The statistic is that uh, police brutality is down sixty sixty seven percent. You know what? I did. Uh, I had a guest on this show. Her name is uh, Zaya, and she's a psychic. Mm. Very interesting uh, episode. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Mm. Um, but she raised a good point. She says that the images that we were shown about police brutality was so high during Obama because that was their way of trying to, to keep us repress. in line. Yeah. Yeah. And so as soon as he's out of office, you don't see nearly as many police brutality videos. Right. Because there's no. We are. We are. We are under thumb now. We we are in our place, right, so right. it's that was the way. And when she said it to me, I was like, "Wow!" Now that you mention it, that is kind of true. We aren't hearing about police brutality. Black oh, Lives they, Matter is like an afterthought. Yeah, but it it it's still happening. Oh no, it's, it's still happening. But there's no need to publicize it. To there's no need to publicize it to keep us in line because we're already enraged about so many other shit. How much so much of the stuff right now. So it's like it's, it was a tactic of being like. What do you right, mean? The police brutality was the, the 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 video. Her her theory was that the video showing us black people videos of police brutality of black people being killed by police was a, an attempt to keep us in. I don't think to that. suppress I don't, I, our I, like jubilation of having a black president. Well, I don't I don't think that that was the case. I think because it was what I mean to think that that was a tactic. And technology just, I mean, people, I mean, World Star came about because people had phones. I know, but people still have phones, but you don't see nearly as many police brutality videos. Yeah, you do. You just don't. It's not publicized. It's the right, they're not publicizing it. Yeah. it on the, on the, but that's just because it's old news. I think it's just because it's old news. It's, mm-hmm. it's, we, you know, um, black people get you, like, we've, we've survived slavery. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the the you know the real superheroes is us it's 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 amazing yeah. we survived we are in the, the black people in this country survived unsurmountable odds right and and still we have oprahs and and mm-hmm. jay-z's and this thing mm-hmm. i mean i've said this on i've said this on several podcasts and i think that barack obama is the most magical negro more magical than harry potter yeah. if you think about a guy who grows up in uh, Chicago in the murder capital of the world. Yeah. Um, he doesn't get shot. He doesn't get stabbed. He doesn't get arrested. He doesn't end up a pimp or a hustler. Mm-hmm. No drug charge. He don't get then. He doesn't get end up with any felony. He goes to Harvard, number one in Harvard law. And then he goes back to Chicago. To Chicago. Yeah. Um, and then he's community organizing was we we've you know we've seen the community organizers get killed by the gangs yep. or this or that that mm-hmm. happens then he still doesn't he's not corrupt he doesn't get arrested he has no embezzlement no this no that he becomes a senator so he can affect people in a high in a on a, on a larger scale then he does one speech that At the dnc that blows a, him yep. onto the national stage and then he runs for president no i don't believe that in any shape or form that he ever thought that he could be president it just kind of happened and that's when you talk about madam cga walker becoming the first millionaire in mm-hmm. 1911 she sold black hair care products yeah and she she uh patented the 
the hair the hot comb the hot process. comb right mm-hmm. which is interesting because i know she has like one um like air left mm. um but they don't have the wealth and I, in my mind i was like how were you not able to retain that wealth and well they you, said it's stock market i looked yeah. it up they said it was a stock market but i was like but still like, they also bought her company from her she because so when you when you talk about this is a situation when we end up this was a this was a some this was us doing like we always do as black people is sliding between the cracks mm-hmm. figuring out what the crack it doesn't matter what president it is yeah i mean if you could do it in 1911 you surely can do it in 2018 mm-hmm. the problem is that you have to be you have to prepare to be ready for something that you don't even know you're preparing for yeah and then when the opportunity happens and so the white people didn't care nothing At about all. black women in their mm-hmm. hair it wasn't an issue and so they didn't think it was an issue and so she was able to to corner the market when they didn't know if you think about it here's here's what's interesting i mean let, let's look at steve harvey cedric the entertainer those those guys were selling arenas yeah in in way before anybody knew who they were mm-hmm. and then because they were selling arenas uh, Hollywood was like, oh, who are these black guys selling out yeah. these arenas? Let's give them a show. If you look at the variety, I used to keep, I used to have a copy of the variety when when um, uh, Bernie Mac got his show. Mm-hmm. It he was, was the last of them. Right. Out of the Kings of Comedy, Steve Harvey got his first. Yeah. And he had Cedric on his yeah. show. Yeah. DL had DL a show, show. short lived. And then Bernie got his last. Right. And Bernie's last longer than all of theirs because his format was different. Right. Well, the other thing was also, Bernie but I mean, white. the variety was was obscure black comic gets uh, NBC <laughs> and Bernie Mac had been doing comedy for almost 30 years. Yeah. So if we don't know you, then you're obscure. Oh, there's black famous and there's white famous for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um. So, but it, it, it was they were they be, they were a commodity. They made themselves a commodity, yes. and then white America bought into the commodity. Yes, because oh. if white because when white America puts their stamp on you, white audiences is like, oh, okay, well, this must be the new thing. Right. So I'm gonna just trust whatever network put money behind this person. Right. I well, mean, if they don't like you, then they don't like you. But I mean, at least you get some recognition. Versus right. Right. You will. And you could be, you're in the game once you're in the game. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you talk about even, um, Mike Epps, Chris Tucker, um, what, if you look at the dynamic of that, um, ice T ice cube started to branch out from just rap music and then he ended up starting doing to producing main well black movies at first which was fridays and he and as he went from that to doing disney movies yeah and it just they were carried on that as this as the the water rose just so did the ship Mm -hmm. that and then and mike epps was on it well chris tucker was on it first and that's how they became what you call white famous but you you see this over and over again this commodity this becomes like rap music was a commodity a a commodity that the first for the first time it's the most popular genre music in the world sure sure and we're talking about a commodity that was black made, black owned, and then you bought, you had, once they saw that they could make money off it, 
then it became a thing. But that's the thing is like we don't even realize the things that we can make money off of. We take it for granted. It's so, like this is what I do at home. Right, like, right. Who would think to to market cornbread? I just make cornbread. Right, I right. I don't know it's a thing. Right, biscuits? right. Biscuits? You open a store that sells just biscuits? Yeah. I had no idea. And call it just biscuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Artisanal biscuits yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and, and so we, we, so it's the same. I think we're coming, it's coming along but it's coming along just because racists are dying and it's just the, I know. the the absurdness of this. But, you know, there's a resurgence in this. I mean, you you go into Europe and they're throwing bananas at the soccer players. Oh, yeah. You know? They've never stopped. Yeah. They've never stopped. So it's a different kind of thing. and But they also have an older society. And so yes, they it's do, a but much more sophisticated type n- of... No, it's not. They have straight up skinheads. Oh, yeah. Roaming well, around. you have a resurgence of the skinheads now. Also, the reason why Europe is different than here is that um the black people that live in Europe are more recently arri- more recent arrivals right. than African Americans or you know yeah, formerly yeah. enslaved people here of color. Sure, sure. So when they go there, you know, the country's like, well we've been kicking it here for thousands of years. Yeah. You literally just got here. Yeah. So what we colonized colonized colonialized sorry sorry right. we colonialized raped and pillaged your native country made you learn our language that don't mean we want you here right and right. they like well we here and then that's where the friction starts and because because the society unlike in america we had affirmative action we had other policies in place civil rights movement they never had that there right so if, if so if an african person who comes from uh, their home country moves to france France has nothing in place to say, okay, we're going to give X amount of jobs right. to the African diaspora community right. that we kind of owe. But the but the the economy is better, and there are there are things in place as citizens. Oh, overall, but they overall. don't get jobs. I no, mean, but they no. don't. I mean, you can they have universal health care, but they just they're not getting jobs. Right, right. You know, they're living in the slums. I remember when I went to France, I was like, where are the black people? And they're right. like, oh, they live out of the city. Mm-hmm. They live way out right because they can't afford it they don't have the job so right. they are they're just like in the in a slum essentially right. right um but then you know they can go to the doctor <laughs> right 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 <laughs> but they're not right. getting a job and coming into the city yeah it's a it's an it's a real interesting um because even when they, those things are in place then there's always somebody trying to dismantle it um you I know, know i don't i don't know i didn't really follow that but i think they dismantled affirmative action or came oh, close to it yeah there i mean it's not called that anymore but mm. for the most part it's the way it once was is not as strong i mean that's how i went to school as affirmative action really? i mean i was able to afford to go to school as affirmative right, action right uh, um, as a former sex worker, are you still in the loop into the sex work world? Not, not really. I mean, I'm aware of what's going on. I mean, because I, I know that I know that this political climate has definitely impacted the sex game. Um, what do you, in what way do you think it has? Uh, well, the racists are showing up, and you know, in their preferences for things, the whole cuck thing has become mainstream oh, yeah. now as a yeah, slur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's just the the distaste for black people now it plays a part in like you know well here's the thing with that that distaste for black people i mean that's always been the case like i mean i i never i was gonna say i never did porn (laughs) i I, i've done a couple of live sex Uh things um but um there was a thing where if you were a, a white porn star and you slept with black guys that you instantly lowered your 
your rate, your rate, mm-hmm. your, your value. Whereas now you have a lot of the the older porn stars are doing like these these uh, interracial stuff. Because here's here's what's interesting about that. Even the cuck stuff, all the cuck stuff, and all of that. The cuck I think that's like one of the more popular genres. Sure, sure. Because here's what: no matter what what you are supposed to be racially. On a sexual level, the kink mm-hmm. is the thing is the thing that goes against the agency. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So what turns you on when you're jerking off in your bedroom is what turns you on. You can't. So if you like to see a big black guy with a little white girl, then that's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. And there's no agency to tell you that you can't watch that. And so there has to be those mediums have to be created. But then yeah. also, that's what fuels your hate of the black man, is because you're not that guy. So you are you are attracted, you are you are sexually stimulated by the thing that you are not, and because you're not that thing, it frustrates you. And I'm I'm only speaking, for, sure. I'm speaking on a perspective of a man because I feel like that's the man's mind is a bit. Like, well, I, I don't, don't watch. I mean, I, think, I don't watch lesbians and be like, I fucking hate lesbians. Right, right. I just right. Be like, oh, that's a lesbian. But I think a man is like, look at that big old black dick and that white queen and yeah, but I can't no, stand. I don't even think that's it. That's what they want to see. They, they want to see it, but then they are in their everyday life are not open to black men. Yeah, but that's the same thing. Like a, a guy, you ever see a guy? who is totally against the LGBT community. Yeah, and then he gets and arrested he's, for And he's, he's adamantly, those, blah, 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 these tragedies, this, this, that. And, and, but really, deep down, this is what he, so what he's, yes. he's just overcompensating yes, yes. for the fact that, so is it really that you don't like it? It's just that you don't want to be known. I to, think, I think there's an envy. I think there's a jealousy. I don't think it's the envy. I think you it's don't the think f- that white men who watch cuck holding scenes with a big black dick man absolutely not are not envious of that man. Why would you do that? What do you mean? Why would you watch that? Because that's what you want. No, they're not. What look? There's white dudes with that are packing serious wood. You could mm-hmm. watch that. The the cuck thing. Should we explain what the cuck yeah, oh, thing is? Yeah, yeah, yeah because that's a little bit. So the cuck thing it's is. become a mainstream term that does not really associate has nothing to do with the slur with what, that it's yeah. now become. So cuck holding is where uh, a white guy is emasculated and they bring a black guy in and he he has sex with this guy's wife or girlfriend mm-hmm. in front of him. A huge, big mm-hmm. dick guy has sex with her and he watches and he will prop her ass up or pose skin it open or Mm -hmm. and sometimes they will even even afterwards the guy will he'll like snowball which is like Mm -hmm. he'll the guy will come in the grill and the guy will eat Eat it it out or he would suck it out or yeah or he'll engage sometimes she'll 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 blow the guy Mm -hmm. she'll blow the guy or whatever but the reality is this is what he likes so there's no envy in that what the envy is what the problem is is hiding the fact that I like that, that they like that. Do you mm-hmm. understand? Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a gay guy. Like it's like anytime we find these Republicans or super conservatives who are gay, they are the they go the hardest to to create laws not yeah. for gay marriage and this. But it's because you know you're gay. It's not an envy. No, it's, but why? Okay, right, so if I know deep down, if I know that deep down I have gay feelings, but I don't associate as being gay. Right. Why would I? outlaw gay marriage because it proves that i'm not gay to yourself yes 
Got so it. you're lying to yourself and you're supporting this lie based on. So it's this is just something that I talk about on my on my my podcast a lot, which is um, that for the most part, um, uh, the declaration you got to be very careful with the declaration of what what you declare yourself to be. So I'll deal with a lot of guys who who yeah I used to say I was vegan but now I, I gave that up right I just, uh, plant based diet well <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of room in it let's <laughs> give you a little wiggle room. yeah yeah well what what happens is human beings in general we don't want to be liars but we also but but human beings revel in title and they revel in titles sure. and restrictions. We love restriction. We love restrictions on ourselves. Sure. We love something that give us a sense of hierarchy. So sure. anything that can make us sound bigger and better and then right. the next so person. Right. This is above. I'm above this. Yes. I agree. But but we don't want to be liars. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be very careful about the, your declaration. What what you declare yourself as because now not being that is 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 emotionally painful to you. Yeah. So. Um, and you find this when you know. I mean, if you if you you know you're uh, battling with your weight, and you go, I'm on a diet, and then you're eating stuff that you should. That and you people know. like, motherfucker! I thought she was on a diet. Right. And but ultimately, we feel we get depressed and stuff because of the fact that we knew yeah. what we should have done. Yes. And so we so there's this this personal kind of punishment. So whenever you make this declaration about what you are. I am this or I am that. You lock yourself into that. Yes. And 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 so um it, it was a, it it so not making that declaration or being very clear about the declaration that you're being made. So like I I'll help guys with relationships and guys well I'm not really a social person. Now saying that makes you not a social makes person. you not a social person. Yeah. You, it becomes more indelible. Hmm, I'm it, trying to think what do what, what do I tell myself? Hmm. I used to say when I was in my twenties, I used to tell people like, "Yo, I ain't shit." When it comes to dating, I tell the guy like, "Listen, I'm not. I ain't shit. I ain't shit. I don't right. know what you really want, but I can give you but so much." Right, and that, and then going along with that, feels good because you're going, you're 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 uh, validating that declaration. And then they would not do shit, and I'd be like, "But what? How come you didn't take me out? I want to go out." And they'd be like, "But well, you, you said you wasn't shit. You wasn't shit." And I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, yeah, I guess so, right? Mm -hmm. So, but the declaration. So, I'll have a guy who says, "I'm really not social," and I go, "Well, then be social." Yeah, um, you are. You know, people are not murderers until they kill people. Mm -hmm. So, you can't say I'm a murderer unless you're killing people. Yeah. So, um, but you also can't say I'm a good person unless you're doing good things. You can't True. say I'm not racist True. if you're doing racist things. You can't, you know, all of those things in the declaration of what you think is it, this declaration that you make that makes it feels good at that moment is the thing that I mean, I used to when I was in college, I would be like, you know, I run up on a girl and I just feel like you're such a free spirit. <laughs> just, you're just so open and just like yeah because who's gonna say no i'm closed-minded and narrow yeah and i just feel like you're free and spirit and you just go with who the told flow you that line? and then i would go well, who taught me that? yeah who i just kind of figured it out <laughs> and then when i grab your titty you go well, hey wait a minute and i go oh I, oh my i thought you were i thought you were free spirit my bad and then you go no i mean i am it's just you caught me off guard and it was so, <laughs> so 
so it was really i figured it out and then i used it for in deviant ways yeah but you know as i'm older i understand the importance of that in terms of helping people and guiding guys to be better men you say i'm a credible man yeah say that and now you have to act in credible ways in honest incredible ways well i might have fucked up because i met this guy last night and i told him i wasn't interested in dating i was only interested in fucking and he gave me a pound <laughs> mm. which is true i'm not really interested you know what it is i'm not interested in dating him right yeah well i mean and if i see how big his dick is then we could talk about the second part <laughs> but why even make the declaration when you don't because we were taught it was me him and his friend right okay so just the whole story <laughs> i was at a comedy show and you know men super masculine think that they funny so they were very like talkative yeah. the whole show so i closed the show and i kind of was like a you know bar show so i yeah. kind of had to here. get in on them get and then they respect me and yeah. then of course and so during the course of my set they you know trying to be you know grandiose they were like oh no you know because we i'm a haitian man or whatever and i was like oh i've experienced haitian men never again right and so at the end of the show they were like well why are you not going to date you wouldn't date a haitian man i was like i would never date a haitian man i would fuck one but i wouldn't date one which mm. was my honest response right, because right. i'm not and if you're haitian i listen don't hit me up in the comments it's just i just had several experiences with haitian men that are based culturally culturally that i cannot what was the cultural thing I can't get into it. It's just too much. Okay. Is you know what it is? It's just the well, most of them were married and mm. didn't tell me. Right. And then when you talk to like my Haitian girlfriends, they're like, Oh yeah, that's That's the thing. That's the thing. And I'm like, No, that's not the thing. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? They're like, Well, my dad had a like a girlfriend the whole time he was married to my No. Like yeah. I'm just not that's not where I am. Right, right. And I don't want people saying that i'm generalizing all haitians i'm just talking about my personal experience and taking credit for what i'm saying about what happened to right me. right but if it's a cultural thing it's a cultural thing i mean that's a big japanese thing yeah yeah and, and it's part of the culture and that doesn't mean everybody does it but i know it is. but in japanese culture they're like going to see geishas at like tea houses they're not having a whole side bitch with an apartment and yeah a they, do. they really? do that too yeah okay. absolutely well yeah so me i can't i can't deal with that I yeah. can't deal with that. Right. I, I I probably will be more open to me being married and knowing that my husband was dipping out on the side than me being the side piece. Cause right. then that, that then you holding up my, my good mileage for a husband in the future. Right. And right. I can't be giving you my, the last good couple miles I got. Well, here's what's, you know, and, and then I say, cause you get, you're getting ready to come on my podcast too, but and, <laughs> I mean, we'll get into it. I mean, I, there's so much since you've been, and you've been on yeah. my podcast before, but there's so much of this that I've simplified through time. Just, um, that, that, Great relationships are very simple. They're simple in that we decide what our non-negotiables are and yes. then never negotiate them. But there's a level of credibility that needs to be dealt with in that situation. For instance, what is my non-negotiables? Now, that's, that seems like a very easy thing to answer, but it's not. Mm -hmm. um, because in the context of the person that you're dealing with, there's things that you put up with with one person that you won't put up with with oh, other. Oh, non-negotiable for me is I cannot be with a man who maintains another relationship on the side. Okay, and that's 
And so if that's your non-negotiable, then you just never negotiate that. And so what do you mean? So like when we're having a conversation about non-negotiables, that means it's never to be brought up again. Like, have you changed your mind on that? Right. Well, I mean, you can I mean, you can always reiterate it. But the point is, these are my non-negotiables. And then as soon as somebody leads, because we all we all tell you, you know, people say a lot of things. But it's really what your actions, your actions is what reveals mm-hmm. who you are. And so if you find that a guy is has another relationship, then it's over. Yes. You know, it's immediately over. There's no negotiation. There's no discussion. Even, um, I don't even think the, that the... Because if you go back on your, on your negotiations, then that person slightly loses respect for you it's not even slightly it's amazingly loses respect for you you your boundaries have to be set and especially as a as a man i mean as a woman absolutely but as a, i don't think most men can even identify their boundaries well but that's that's why i say that yeah to understand what your non-negotiables so for men what are some of the boundaries what are the non-negotiables that you hear because a woman's like don't cheat on me don't this and that like a guy could would say the same thing sometimes um i mean if it's cooking and cleaning it could be cooking and cleaning that could be it but the point is and there's people who don't mind doing that but you got to find the way you find the way you have a good relationship is you you fuck with somebody who can deal with you. These are your non-negotiables and their non-negotiable is not, I ain't cooking and cleaning. If that's what, <laughs> do you know, do you yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, really, the, the anger and stuff that, that happens. Because you hear things, I mean, I've heard couples be like, well, I, when I met him, I said I didn't want kids, but I want kids now and he doesn't want kids, so I don't know what to do. And that's fine that if you change those non-negotiables, but then that conversation means we have to go our separate way. Yeah. That if you want other, but, but what happens is I think people don't understand what their personal value is. Mm. And so they start to negotiate the non-negotiables based on how much value this person brings to them. Yes. So you have to you put... Up, you end up compromising at a deficit. Right. And you think that this person, oh, because they're attractive, because they have money, because of this. But if these are truly, if you really thought about these non-negotiables and you're not negotiating them, and then you bring yourself to negotiate them, then you're. it's only a matter of time till you don't negotiate them. It's just a matter of time. You may negotiate it now, but eventually you're going to go, I, I don't, I don't want to do this. Yeah. It just whittles away at it. And Good so to know. Oh, wow. why waste that time in the context of somebody who you know you're not going to be with because you just don't fit? And he is. He oh, is, so you're telling me not to fuck this guy? I mean, if you want to fuck him. Oh, yeah, I don't know yet. You but. fuck him. But I mean, I think you should do what you want and, and put your happiness. Your happiness should be up front. Yeah. So my happiness is I don't want to date you. There's, I have no interest in dating you. But we can hang out and have sex if that's where where, where it goes. goes. Right. But the minute that it hit, the minute he's like, yo, where was you at? No. Then. That's not what we negotiated, then, my nigga. Then you have to go. But but you can't go. That's not what we negotiate. Oh, okay. Your response can't be. You can't have dialogue. Your dialogue should be. You're going to have to not call me again. Got it. See, Immediately. Now that response it makes what your boundaries are clear yeah and what if he says i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i, I just you know that's up to you uh-huh. you go well, you're sorry what are you, what are you talking about 
He goes, well, I, I know we said it's just I really like you. And I go, then you go, listen, I'm not going to like you like that. Oh, you can't say that sure to a man. Can. That's how bitches get killed with the tea at the it's end. It's not how bitches get killed. That's first how they get okay. a Snapple bottle thrown at the end. No, it's not. Because it, think, about it, <laughs> think about it like this. If you go, um, he goes, yo, where was you at? And you go, you know what? I think it's best we don't see each other anymore. Yeah. So you're leading with action. Mm -hmm. And he goes, baby, baby, wait, what, 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 what? He knows what? Yeah. You've had this conversation. He knows what. Wait, okay, say that again. Because I just, I literally zoned out for a half a second because there's this guy that I just met um, online and we haven't met in person yet, but he started, he starts texting me a lot, but with action, not just endless. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, hey, let's try and get up tonight. Like, right. we didn't do it that, whatever. So we're going to try and get up like tomorrow, whatever. So today he just texted me in the middle of the day, like, hey, where are you? And I said, excuse me. I text back, excuse me. And he didn't text me back yet. Okay. So, Cause so now I'm like, okay, so now when I do meet you in person, I have to say. Or it could have been just, hey, where are you? And it could have been that. I mean, the, 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 the guideline I use is RFF. It's an acronym I use, reasonable, fair, and firm. Mm -hmm. Is it reasonable that in a text message that... I know, but he didn't respond back to me. So now I'm like, well, what was the point of that? Well, I, I, you don't know, but you've, you've also met it with action. Do you understand? You've met it with action, so you True. know because you've met it with action. His response to that is what you can take to be truth. Got it. So if he never calls you back, then that is the truth of the matter was Very that much he true. was trying to gain control over the situation. You shut him down, and now he doesn't want to play because he doesn't have the wiggle room, which the, the initial understanding of what it was in the mm -hmm. first place, he was lying about it. Yeah. And I think the and I don't I don't even get mad at the lies as much. Just when somebody shows you who you who they are, just believe them. You know, I mean I yeah. think that's what you have to do. And you 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 really simplify and it's not a bad you know, even if a guy's misled you and he has a wife or whatever, you know, people get mad and they oh how could you it's really look, the dude is being who he is. Mm -hmm. And because he didn't because a guy only lies to somebody that he cares about. Really? If you're a burn victim and you oh go God. this analogy you, already started yeah. all the way wrong. If you're a burn victim and you go, listen, I want you to be with me alone, he's like, Rich, you uh you look like a uh, baked lays. I'm not you can't make any you know, I'm yeah. not you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we we compromise and negotiate because we like you. So there's this guy, we talked about him. He okay. was my, he yeah, was my yeah. jelly bean scenario. Okay. Right? And so he and I met years ago, and we hit it off a lot. Like, I was like, I really like this guy. Right. And then he kept making promises, and I don't want to say kept making promises, but he kept s stating an action but not completing the action over and over again to the point where I was like, listen. Well, it shouldn't be over and over again. Okay. It was a couple times. It so shouldn't then, be a okay. couple of times. So then I was like, listen, it's clear you're not going to do this. Why would you have the conversation? 
it's clear that you're not going to do this. So <laughs> this is where I stand. And then he was like, you're right. I apologize. I, sh- I just didn't know what to say or how to say that I wasn't going to do this thing. Whoop de woo. And he still reaches out to me every once in a while. And the funny thing about it is that he has a full blown girlfriend, but never brings it up. Like whenever he talks and he always mm. keeps the conversation in a way that is like he's unattached. But I know he's attached. Right. But I don't think he really knows that I know. I don't really. I, right, I don't care. But then, but, but, then but the, is that a protecting thing? Like I feel like if you, yeah, because he he thinks that if he tells you he's got a girlfriend that he's not going to have whatever remnants of mm-hmm. what you have, he he thinks he'll blow that, or he thinks he'll blow the opportunity that maybe if this doesn't work out with his girl, that he could still maybe swing back around on the back end. Mm. So he's hedging his bets, but. So, but you eliminate that and you also put yourself in the driver's seat when you go, yeah, I'm, you, if he doesn't show up and he doesn't, you know, there's like we say reasonable, fair and firm. Is mm. it reasonable that he, somebody could say something and something could come up? Absolutely. Mm. But if it's happened several times, then this is, he's telling you who he is. Yeah. And so don't have a, com- there's no reason to have a conversation. Just end it. Yeah. Because this is you're not doing with now. If you if you have a like com- end it like ghost them or just whatever whatever you want to do. Okay. Why wouldn't you ghost somebody who is basically ghosting you? True. Indirectly, mm-hmm. you don't owe him any respect any more respect than he's given you. What's What's interesting about it is when you lead with actions, you're negotiate. If you are in a negotiation, you're in a negotiation in a situation where you know what your leverage is. Yes. So if I go, if you ghost him. And you, if you just don't call him again, and because he didn't show up, and then he calls you up, and you go, um, "Hello," and he's <laughs> like, "Well, I know I did," and you go, "Look, I'm not down." And then he goes, "Well, baby, please, I'm, I'm really gonna make it up to you." But now he knows that you will not put up with it. See, if you forgive that behavior. What you're doing is you're saying that this behavior is okay, even if verbally you say it's not okay because your actions say it is okay. Yeah. Well, in the case of the Haitian guy who was married, when I found out, I immediately stopped talking to him. Did you have a conversation with him or no? He texted me and I was like, and I, he texted me and I literally replied back with his um, marriage website. And that was it. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the 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 problem is, you know, there's this move to, like, feminism is always, you know, communicate and you just so, that's bullshit. That's all bullshit. The bottom line is, you can communicate when somebody is is communicating with you. Yeah. You you because the communication. There's only two reasons why people talk. They either talk to gain information. Or to give information. Mm-hmm. And if we start to think about communication in terms of that, people would shut the fuck up a lot more. I know. Right? So Especially this, with social media. I wouldn't even have a show then. Right. Well, <laughs> well, but I mean, you got to teach them this. And before we get them all of this, before everybody subscribes to your podcast and my podcast and they, everybody's on board, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll have a show okay, for a while. Um, the point being, um, so... Um, I've had this situation where I've asked a girl out on a date and um, I uh, met 
you know, the girl, I was like, I'll pick you up. She was like, no, I'll meet you there. And then, oh, I, I was like, I'll come, I'll pick you up. And then the girl was late, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes, I leave. Now, do I leave if she calls me and says, hey, I'm running a little late, yada, 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 yada? No. No, I don't leave. That's reasonable. Yes. But to to just have me sitting outside 15 minutes with no phone call is unreasonable. You are already learning to disrespect my time. And I've left. And then the girl, I, where are you? And I go, I left. And she'll go, well, um, well, I'm downstairs. I go, okay. <laughs> and she go, well, I'm dressed. And I came. I go, look, the date was at 7. Yeah. It wasn't at 7.18. Mm. Now, I have a lot of people would say, wow, that's really harsh. But here's the thing. She, so the, the, this particular girl was like, she was, I was like, look, I understand. I said, I understand that you're accustomed to disrespecting people's time. I get that. Um, it's not okay for me. And if you want to try, we can try this next week. Well, you, you get a do-over. We'll, you get, get one we'll, do-over. We'll give it a shot. We'll mm-hmm. try it next week. Now, if she's angry because I don't want to allow her to to um, to disrespect my time, this is not somebody I want to date. I'm already, she's already telling me who she is. Yeah. And I actually counseled the guy, and the guy had heard this story from me, and he, he asked this girl out, had picked up this place by the waterfront and she said she didn't he wanted to pick her up she didn't want to pick up she beat him there and then he you know 7 15 he started leaving just as he comes she comes in the, in the parking lot and where you going where you going and he goes um i'm i'm going the date was at this I took a page out of my book mm-hmm. and this the date was at such and she's like but why she goes guys usually don't i was getting beautiful for you and he goes well you you need to do that an hour before <laughs> and he goes but i'm here i'm here and she goes yeah i'm not In the i'm going yeah now if you want to try this out another week you know later on the week we could try this again, but she goes, but guys usually don't matter. Well, the reason why you're here with me, the reason why we exchange numbers is because I'm not guys. Yeah. That's what you liked about me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be guys when guys is not what you like. So um, she was like, I'm really sorry. And I just did it. So then she's got a she's got a trifling girlfriend who was in her ear. Right. But um, he texted her the next week and says, get he basically just gave her a time and a place. And she said, great, that'd be great, right? So they were talking about the particulars or Mm -hmm. whatever. And she goes, you know, I just wanted, as soon as she got on the phone, she was like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean that. Then he goes, look, this is what I call the benevolent king. As you are apologized, if you're sincerely apologetic, Mm -hmm. I don't need to rub your face in it. I understand that you're you're sincere and let's move on. Mm This is where we're trying to figure out how we fit in. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay that I don't necessarily know how you operate and you don't. Let's figure it out. And that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she goes, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend and he goes, well, why are you bringing this up again? Which is I kind of told him that, you know, there's a possibility. If she brings it up again, then the apology wasn't sincere in the play. Yeah. So then he says, if the apology was sincere, I don't understand why you still talking about this mm-hmm. again and he goes no it's just my girl was like you know what kind of guy does this da, 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 da. and he goes he goes so you 
you're listening to your girlfriend and I ain't got no man doesn't mm-hmm. first of all she was kind of digging me in the first place when I met you too and I chose to be with you but now she's sitting home by herself and you're getting ready to go out with me mm-hmm. to this beautiful place and I'm gonna spend money and hang out and time and get to know each other but you want to talk about what your girlfriend you, your your bum ass girlfriend <laughs> wants to right and and so she goes no it's just it's just that's not really fair it's just she was saying and he goes you know what you and your girlfriend go out my my date my offer is rescinded mm-hmm. I'm not and she's like what why why first she's like why why and he goes because if you were sincere we wouldn't have to keep going we wouldn't have to talk about you understand what my boundary is and if you're already arguing with me about what your girlfriend said then you don't want to you don't want to you want to be right you don't you don't want to admit that you fucked up and you were wrong in the situation right and and i'm not rubbing your face in it yeah i'm just going apology accepted we cool let's move on in fact i don't even want you to continue to apologize you you get it i get it i'm yeah. not trying to rub your face in it mm-hmm. and that's being a man is not rubbing your face in it not being petty and that's what's attractive a woman would find that attractive yeah but when you're when you're miserable and you're accustomed to being treated like garbage and then somebody goes i'm not see somebody like that is saying i'm not going to be treated like garbage mm-hmm. which you can absolutely that's always attractive because then it means he's not going to treat you like garbage yeah so he's setting these boundaries. So when you get a girl and she's cussing you out, calling you, you faggot, you little dick. Mom, <laughs> that's because you let her. It doesn't start with that. It starts with a 45 minute late for a date. Yeah. And then it progressively gets worse. And, it, and it's the same thing with a guy. So I'm supposed to come pick you up when we're supposed to hook up and you don't come through. Yeah. You know, um. It's, it's, you know, I'm his, thinking about all the times I told somebody I was going to show up and I didn't show up and they kept calling me anyway. Well, but that's because I'm amazing. They saw you as more valuable than them. Yeah. And probably because of that, you didn't respect them because they did that. Yeah. I've, I've interacted with a lot of men that I didn't respect. Well, that's a whole nother thing we need we to can talk about that on your podcast yeah, we'll delve into that but it's <laughs> setting you know the, the analogy I, lo- I use that makes it clear one of my not a burn victim this time but a crackhead right you get a crackhead cousin <laughs> yeah. you get a crackhead cousin and the crackhead cousin comes by and says hey it brings you back. what man it's, it's 11 o'clock what are you doing oh I got these 60 inch TVs flat yeah. screens he's like okay You're like yo it's how much $100 hundred dollars yeah give me he gives you the tv Mm -hmm. tv TV works great two weeks later he comes 11 yo i need to stay at your house you go no you can't stay at my house he goes but i gave you the the tv you got the i just need a place no well why not because you're a thief yeah you're gonna steal this tv and a crackhead and i paid you a hundred dollars right so my the fact that i benefit from you being shady doesn't change the fact that you're shady. Mm-hmm. So it, it, now rewind that in terms of a guy. So if I don't let you just disrespect my time and I make sure that I show up on time, mm-hmm. right? Here's a guy. I, and, and even if you want to do something and I say, no, I'm not doing it, you could do it. But I don't want to do it. And I'm showing you that these are my boundaries. Yeah. Now, if I bend my boundaries, then I'm a boundary burn bending bitch. <laughs> 
Now that means if I'm a boundary bending bitch, it means that my word means nothing. Yeah. So that when you need my word to mean nothing, it still means nothing. Mm-hmm. So you don't change who you are just because I benefit. So a lot of times a guy will have some girl and he'll bend over backwards to to please her, right? Even though it goes against the boundaries that he set, she doesn't find that attractive. She she takes it. Yeah. She'll take the TV. But then you you a dude that has no scruples and no boundaries and no and your word means nothing and your bond means nothing and all of those things don't make her feel safe because you're not consistent. So my thing is, how do you tell a man that you need him to be these things without emasculating him or being like a drill sergeant? You can't. You just remove. You take okay. away. You don't. You don't. You don't go into it be like, listen, I need you to stay by what you say. If you're going to say something, you got to do it. If you're going to. You can have that conversation when he, when you ghost him and then he calls you back. Okay. okay. And he's like, well, yo, I'm saying, you don't, you know, look, I, I, I can't do, I don't do that. I expect you to keep your word. If you give your word, I'm going to keep my word. And yeah. I expect you to. That means I got to be on time though. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wouldn't it be better if you were? Don't say you're looking at me with those bedroom eyes. Um, <laughs> let's wrap this Don't up. Don't I always? You do. <laughs> let's wrap this up. I ended the same way every single episode. Dante Nero, what makes you a social misfit? Um, oh, gosh. A social misfit? What do you mean? However you interpret it to be. <sighs> I am very different than most people. Mm-hmm. I dance to my own drummer's beat. I do dress the way I want. I act the way I want. I do things that I want to do. And I don't care what other people think about it. And I think sometimes that makes my confidence and me uh, following my own path makes other people uncomfortable. Yeah. Because they're not willing to follow theirs. Mm. So it's like I'm uh, so now I'm, I'm taking helicopter lessons. So, oh, nice. So I want to learn. But everybody's like, what the fuck are you taking? But you really want to take, you know what I mean? That's somebody says yeah. that who wants to take. So just because, yeah, I said oh nice because I have no interest in taking it. Right, right, but I right. I think it's a nice thing. That's a nice thing. If you want to yeah. do it, you do it. I yeah. mean, I did. You know, I've done stuff like that. I mean, I took salsa lessons uh, a couple of years ago for three years straight. I was dancing salsa for this year. I probably want to take tango. Um, so whatever I want to do, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what allowed? What has afforded you that? that freedom because everybody doesn't have that practice. freedom mm-hmm. practice you have to practice doing that you have to practice not dealing with the social pressure not succumbing to the social pressure of what other people think and the way i do that is i i scrutinize the people who are critiquing me mm. so when you when you look at people who critique you most of the time they ain't got shit going on anyway yeah because they're too, uh, they're too, uh, red- they're too readily critiquing you instead of doing. Mm-hmm. When you're doing, you don't have time to worry about what everybody else is doing. Because you're too active, you got too much stuff to do. Yeah. Um, Oprah, Oprah hasn't responded to Trump's tweet. Right. It's uh, probably she, drives him nuts. That, yeah. That she said nothing. Yeah. And why should she? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm richer than you and I'm better than you and I'm smarter than you and mm-hmm. people respect me and and you're and what he does in essence is he's trying to get validation. This is what he does. Yeah. It, it's, it's the it, bad kid in the classroom. Sure. The sure. kid that's biting everybody. Yeah. Because well, he just wants attention. And he doesn't care what the intention is. 
negative, positive, doesn't matter as long as he gets attention. Yeah. And and being mature and understanding what it is you want and what you like, making those declarations, being very careful about what you declare yourself as is really important because that your brain works like a GPS. Like you, you set that as a destination. Mm-hmm. And then every time you go off, your, your brain goes recalculating mm-hmm. and it's trying to get you back on 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 once you make that declaration it's trying to get you back on track so that you can reach that destination yeah which is a really scary thing which means that you can pretty much achieve anything you want if you have a detailed destination Mm. because your brain will figure it out yeah through time which means that anything that you don't achieve is your fault oh i believe that firmly yeah i believe that firmly so i mean not to think that there's I mean, clearly, we, I mean, we talked the whole first half of this was about slavery and oppression and stuff. There are these obstacles. Yes. But when you think about the fact that, um, you know, a guy like Frederick Douglass was a slave mm-hmm. who ended up being a lawyer in, at the time when it, of the emancipation. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Like how extra. I mean, that's the new superheroes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Really, when you think about it. So um, you said practice. Yeah, practice. Just every chance you get to be, to have integrity and credibility about what comes out your mouth, do it. Even when it's being on time. I know. Even. Sweep- I was early here, though. You were. You were. Yeah. Even, even, I, even sweeping the floor. Mm-hmm. Like when you sweep the floor, you know how you'll do it half ass? Yeah. Do sweep the fucking floor. Yeah, that's what yoga tells you is to be in the moment, be present yeah. in the moment. And Focus everything. on the task at hand and yeah. find the find the lesson in that. Yeah. And that makes you better. Yeah. And all of that practices too. So now you know, I mean, you've known me for a couple of years now. You mm-hmm. know I don't give a fuck about what yeah. nobody yeah. says. I might put my blue fur coat on today. It was warm outside. <laughs> yeah, it's a little yet. warm. Well, maybe I'll put the python on. But So Dante, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me at every uh, Instagram, Dante Nero, the comedian mm-hmm. on Instagram and everything else, Dante Nero. I also do one-on-one consultations on DanteNero.com. You just click on consult and you can book time with me and I'll change your life. Nice. Yeah. I get it for free. Absolutely. I, I listen to most of it. I try. Yeah, you do. I'm working on it. I'm you still do. single. You will hit me off though. You will. I don't. What? That does, I mean, you will hit me every time you have a problem. Oh yeah, here. it hasn't been often because I haven't really been dating. But um, yeah, but you, your whole situation is really warped, and I don't think you really have decided about what you want to do yet. No, I haven't. That's why. I mean, right now, I don't want to actively date because I don't feel like this is where I want to be and start a relationship in New York City. I, that's a lot. I mean, you you you're taking the uh, the opportunity away from people because there's there are men who will think that you're an amazing person and they just want to and they're willing to take what they can get in the yeah context. those men don't approach me you don't know that I know I would I would know when a man is approaching me okay fair enough they don't physically approach me um I don't think a man understands that until he gets to know you. Yes, which is difficult because I'm not a first impression girl. I'm a three, four, five time yeah, good around you. Go, you. I don't want to fuck you. I don't want to date you. I want to fuck you. And I mean it. 
Yeah, but yeah, but do you really mean it? Oh, in this case, yes. Yeah, maybe in this case, uh, I, like I had. But a, I don't know if I want to fuck him. I'm just saying I know I don't want to date him. But here's the thing: you don't know him to not know that. I know, yeah. I, like I've had a guy. I had a guy tell me I don't want to be in a relationship. Young dude, twenty one. I don't want to be in a relationship because I want to sow my oats. Yeah, but what if you made a met a girl who was bisexual and she liked threesomes and she wanted mm-hmm. like to, then you want to be in that relationship. Like that's not far fetched, is it? We, we I don't know. I whoever whoever I meet in New York City has to be an understanding that I'm going to be bi coastal or have to live in California for a period of time, and they either have to come with me or f- visit very frequently. That's my non negotiable. Hey, and that's fine. And All you'd right. be surprised how someone, how many people would think that you're worth that and more. Okay, good. Well, we'll end it on that note before I, I say something else that uh, makes me look super crazy. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Please follow Dante, Dante me. Nero. Um, everything is in the description. And if you want some consultation, maybe we can do a little promo code. Yeah. We'll do a little promo code sure. in the description for Social Misfit. Type in Social Misfit. You get like a little discount yeah. for his consultation services. Thank you guys for listening. And I will talk to you next week.